This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you to the Warning Program. Those that are listening on radio, shortwave, watching on television, our social media, uh, one of my 40 different podcast platforms, welcome. I have in the studio with me John Bulinda, missionary from Kenya to the United States of America. Welcome, John. Thanks, Dr. Thompson. Thanks for having me today again. You've been here from Kenya, what, 10 years now? 10 years now. I came in 2013, so this is exactly 10 years. 2013. Yeah. Wow. And what did God tell you? Why was he sending you to America? I was in prayer, and uh, he brought the big map of America, and he said, I'm sending you to the United States. And I said, for what? And he said, to go and bring America back to me. And I argued a bit with that because he was telling me to bring America back to him. And I said, how do you send me to America? And America is a developed country. It has got Bibles in all translations. It has got the most sophisticated means and ways of passing the word. Why? And he said, I'm sending you because I need America back to me. America moved away from me, but I'm sending you to bring America back to me. Wow. Now, you were with me. Uh, mainly you attended a, a church that I spoke at right. in Federal Way uh, several weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I spoke on guard sheep from wolves. Right. And how Paul was crying and weeping because wolves had entered into the body of Christ and were fleecing the flock. Mm-hmm lying to the flock, mm-hmm. taking their money, twisting the word of God. Mm-hmm. And and John, that is what is happening in the United States of America today. Right. Well, it's not just in the United States of America. It's happening even in my own home country in Africa. And yes. Not just uh, Kenya, but even across the board. You go to other nations in Africa, same problem. So to have a warning as a ministry referred to as warning and sounding the warning to the nations, I think that is the most relevant thing to do at this particular moment so that all nations shall align themselves and get back to God and get back to God's true word which he needs to be communicated to his people. Well, you're exactly right, John. I'm going to read you a statement from David Wilkerson. I knew David Wilkerson. He had invited me to New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was truly a watchman, a prophet. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if a, if a person calls himself a prophet, right? 
but all they do is encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. Mm-hmm. That's that's under the gift of prophecy. Right. But the mantle of a prophet not only does that, but they deal with sin. They deal with judgment. Absolutely. And if you don't deal with that, you are not a prophet. Right. You you deal with the, the gift of the Holy Spirit under prophecy, but that's not a prophet. Right. You know, the Bible was one book. It wasn't Old and New Testament, Mm -hmm. but dispensationalism divided it. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the Old Testament, you knew what a prophet was. Yes. But uh, they did not, in the New Testament, have to regurgitate everything they learned in the Old Testament. It's like if you are taking algebra, you already know basic mathematics. Mm -hmm. Two and two is four. You don't go over that in algebra. Right. And that was already... What was established in the New Testament, they established what a prophet was in the Old Testament. They weren't going to go over it again. Right. But today, we don't know what a prophet is in America. Mm-hmm. John? Well, one of the major things, in fact, as you say rightly, if you go back to the Old Testament, the prophet was referred to as a seer. Yes. S-E-E-R. He saw what God wanted them to see. And then he allowed them to convey what they saw. That meant you don't have to speak what you want to think or to say, but what you saw. Like in the days of even Samuel, when God was sending the prophet Samuel to Ahab, he was telling him exactly what God had told him to say. And God even warns in his word, I think in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter it could be 18, I may be wrong, but he says, if a prophet gives a word that does not come to pass, then don't even fear that prophet. That's, that's right. That's one way of, of judging him. But again, when a prophet is always speaking about prosperity, telling you that God will bless you and doesn't condemn the things that you do when they're even wrong and anybody can see it, then there's a problem either with the message, the prophet, or both. You know, here's what David Wilkerson, I'm reading some direct quotes from him. Mm-hmm. He says, show me a preacher who never exposes sin, mm-hmm. who doesn't show people the difference between the holy and the profane. Mm-hmm. who doesn't mention repentance or judgment, mm-hmm. but instead says God wants to make you rich and prosperous. Mm-hmm. And I'll call such a man what he is. He is a wolf. Mm-hmm. He has substituted the cross for cash. Right. Unquote. That was David Wilkerson. Mm. That's a few years ago before. He, I know he was in, in New York. He had a powerful but ministry there. Listen to what he's saying, though, about these modern-day right. prosperity preachers. Mm-hmm. And that's... Just on the mark, because that's exactly what's happening today. I I even was wondering, my wife and I were talking one time, and we were like, why are these prophets not mentioning sin? And we came to know one of the reasons is, if they spoke the truth and warned the people in their churches, then they would go with the money they paid them as tithings. So they are fearful that they may lose out with what they are getting as tithe. But you see, when you don't condemn sin, then even what you're doing is not righteous before God, and God does not approve of that. No, you're exactly right. I'm going to read you another statement from David Wilkerson. Mm -hmm. He said, let me describe such a modern-day wolf. Right. The man I'm thinking of is one of the better-known prosperity preachers in America. Mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, this was his message. You have heard about the coming of Jesus. You have heard he can return at any time. Mm -hmm. I tell you. That's impossible. He can't come until you're prospering, until you can get your nice car, until you have your dream house. Hmm. He simply can't come until then, unquote. Wow. Look at this. That's fallacy. 
That's total yeah. heresy. I'm telling you, and that's not the right message to speak out to the people. Jesus will come anyway, whether we accept the truth or not. But I would rather he came when you're speaking the truth or he came when you're not speaking the truth because he still will come anyway. And of other, no wonder he said, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth. Amen. Right. I'm going to read it. Another statement from David Workerson. <laughs> That's interesting. I recently watched a video sent to me of a prosperity conference. Mm-hmm. Here was a theology stated at that conference. Quote, find the most prosperous preacher you know mm-hmm. of and give him money. The blessings on him will flow to you. Mm-hmm. One prosperity pastor stood on the platform and described his cars, his plane, his house, his diamonds, a dog he bought for $15,000. Wow. He declared, quote, I'm going to build a house that Solomon would be proud of. Hmm. Then when the people in my city see my mansion, my Rolls Royce, they'll know there is a God in heaven. As he spoke, people walked up, stuffed money in his pocket. Others filled, filed forward and laid money on the stage. Still others th- threw money toward him. Then a song started titled, Run for the Money. Some fell prostrate while others ran about the auditorium singing, Run for the Money. Wow. Unquote. Beloved, it shocks and amazes me how Bible-believing pastors and Christians can be so deceived. David Workerson. My goodness. Can you hear this, John? Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm startled at those speeches and those uh, quotes that you just mentioned right now. One other thing that I heard a pastor say is we live under grace. And he said, I heard him speak, one of the pastors, and he said, you don't even have to repent your sins because you know what? We live under grace. So whether you sin or you don't sin, it doesn't matter because there is grace. God still has grace over you, whatever the circumstance that you're living under. That is not right. That is distorting the gospel. That is wrong teaching. And we need to have that change. We need to remind the people of God, whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever time, that to reconnect with God, repentance must be fast. And these preachers, I believe, must be called to repentance. They should not only repent, but they should also lead their flock to repentance because of the wrong doctrines that they have been imparting to send out to the people. Well, you're totally correct. I mean, that's total heresy. Right. You know, the Bible is very clear. If you reject the grace of God, mm-hmm. in other words, the forgiveness of God, mm-hmm. and you walk instead in sin once again, right. then there is no more sacrifice for your sins. You've rejected God's sacrifice, his grace. You've right. rejected God. Mm-hmm. There is a point of no return. You walk away from God and he walks away from you. Absolutely. Because you have offended the Holy Spirit. Right. And now you can go to church for 50 years. You can't be convicted because you've offended the Holy Spirit. Mm. You have a seared conscience. John, mm. you are the walking dead. Wow. It's so unfortunate because when I hear this, as you say it, I never thought it can happen in the United States. As you remember, I mentioned to you one time we were having a discussion and I said, God, you're sending me to America, and America have the most sophisticated ways of preaching the gospel. 
So I didn't realize and I didn't know that the prosperity gospel was really rife or so profound here. But when I came and I found that that is here, I said, we are done. Because even back home in Kenya, even preachers who are so powerful started preaching prosperity gospels. And the gospel and the powers that God had given to them became ineffective. So you go to church, people come in sick, they go home worse than they came in. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit who convicts sin and who allows people to repent was no longer there. And when people have not been able to repent of their sins, to return to their God, then there is no connection between God. There's no relationship because sin has separated. In fact, Isaiah 59 says, My ear is not dull for me not to hear you, but your sin has separated you from me. We have to turn back to God, cry out to him, ask him to forgive us, and to forgive us for giving false messages and the flock for being misled and misguided. Well, you're right. Another quote from David Wilkerson, he says, even at our church, some parishioners passed out tape messages by the wolf who teaches, quote, Jesus can't come until you prosper, unquote. What awful blasphemy. Mm. Jesus himself said, we're to look for his appearing that he'll come in the twinkling of an eye Mm. when we least expect him. Oh, how blind the church has become. And how blind so many shepherds are now. Churches that once believed in sacrifice, self-denial, and cross-bearing have become corrupted by flesh. Mm -hmm. Their focus is now totally on self, on material things, on the good life, not the holy life. Unquote. Once again by David Wilkerson. John? So, Dr. Hansen, what I could say at that point is, what? how can we juxtapose that message with what Jesus said to the rich man, the rich young man who came to him and told Jesus, what must I do to receive the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, you keep the commandments, make sure that everything that has been said, you are doing it. He said, I've been doing all that since I was a young man. And he said, okay, one thing is left of you. Go sell everything that you have and then go and distribute it to the poor, then come and follow me. This man was so angry. Why? Because he was living under the principle of prosperity. And he felt that by living all that he had raised, he was denying himself what he thought is what is keeping him in ministry. So Jesus said how hard it is, how difficult it can be for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's why he quoted the, the, quoted the, the parable of the camel going through the eye of a needle. And I think that is what needs to be preached at this particular moment. So these people, like that rich young man, Jesus was so hurt because he realized this man, instead of using what he has to glorify him, he was so offended by being asked to go and donate what he has. So again, I still go back and say, we need repentance. We need to pray that everybody who has given wrong messages, prosperity messages, repents because the church has to go back to the fold where we depend on God and not on what we preach in terms of people giving and donating. Just to also add this, like my people back home in my country, Africa, even a widow, they are forced to go and give all they have. And yet they are supposed to be supported by church. But they come and they give even what they were meant for the family. And what they give out ends up more in problems and sufferings. Just because of the message that is misguiding and misleading them. Thinking that they would give to get back. It doesn't happen. Jeremiah 5, 27 through 31. You know, the prophet Jeremiah described the wolves who come bearing this deception. 
Their houses are full of deceit. Therefore, they are become great and waxen rich. They are waxen fat. They shine with sleekness. They are waxen fat. Again, they shine with sleekness. They judge not the cause, the cause of their fatherlessness. Yet they prosper. And the right of the needy do they not judge. Shall I not visit, punish for those things? Saith the Lord, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy lies mm. falsely. My people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? Again, Jeremiah 5, 27 through 31. So here, John, according to Jeremiah, these wolves build their fortunes on the back of the poor and the needy. Mm-hmm. You know, David Wilkerson says one prominent evangelist is selling healing for cancer for $1,000. For $500, a person can come forward and receive prayer for any kind of problem, malady. But prayer for cancer costs $1,000. Wilkerson says it's all a stench in God's nostrils. Mm. And let me tell you where it ends. We serve a patient God who won't destroy or judge anyone who's drawn into snares ignorantly. He will warn and correct his sheep. Mm -hmm. But the day is coming when he'll say to these wolves, enough. You'll no longer rob widows. You won't turn the blood of my son into a credit card to satisfy your lust. You'll no longer be allowed to go into all the world and preach a materialistic Christ. I am going to bankrupt and expose every wolf in sheep's clothing. Very soon, the money that's flowing into you will dry up completely. Unquote. John? That's another prophetic word that the prophet Ezekiel prophesied in Ezekiel 34, where he warns the leaders, the pastors, and the ministers who are taking care of their own interests and not taking care of the flock. As a matter of fact, that is where Christ is complaining about his sheep. He says he'll dismiss them of their jobs, and he himself will take care of his flock. So at the same time, Jeremiah 23, God is distraught and not happy about the prophets, who call themselves prophets, but what they disperse or what they preach is not the message of Jesus Christ. They flee the poor and the needy, and instead they end up benefiting themselves. As a matter of fact, God says in the book of Isaiah, you know, Psalms, this Psalms chapter, I think, uh, 25, if I'm not wrong, where the Lord says in the, in, in the scripture that he himself is coming now to defend his own people. I think it's 12, yeah, Isaiah chapter 12, verse number 5. He says, because of the crying of the needy, because of the sighing of those who are poor, now I will arise says the Lord. I will, I myself, align them and place them where they belong to be. So the time has come. I think that time is now. Every indication and every sign, there's been a complaint from those who are poor and needy. And I believe God has heard their cry and God is going to act against these wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, you're exactly right. Wilkerson goes on to say, who do the wolves go after? They prey on the weak, underfed sheep. They seek out those who don't know their Bible and are caught up in a self-centered gospel. That's why Paul's warning is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Pastors and leaders, guard yourselves mm-hmm. 
and guard the flock you've been called to oversee. Feed the church of God. We shepherds are commanded to fill the flock with the pure word of God. Only then will they be able to discern what is of the Holy Spirit and what is of the wolf. John? The word of God always reminds us that we begin with the milk of the word. We have to feed them like infants. And as they grow, we start giving them solid food. You cannot give them solid food before you've given them the milk. Now they're not even giving them the milk. So what do you expect? There'll be malnutrition. They'll not have the energy they need. And the flock will die because there's no protection. There is no feeding. There is no, nothing they're getting from those who are supposed to give it to them. They're shepherds. Well, the milk they're getting is sour milk. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. Poison. Right. And that's why the church in America is a mess. Only 12% of youth pastors, children's pastors, have a biblical world view. Mm. 12%. Wow, that's a small What are they minority. teaching? That's a small minority. What are they teaching? That's the biggest problem that we have. Cohabitation? Yeah. <laughs> what are they teaching? And you know one thing that I also saw them teaching? They're teaching not only apostasies, but they're teaching things that I call abominations. They have allowed the enemy to bring the teachings that have nothing to do with the blood of Christ, nothing to do with conviction of their sins, and they're just telling them what they want to hear. Well, the Apostle Paul prophesied. He says the times of the end, people shall come clustering themselves with teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. Warn to them. So we are crying and praying that God will convict even the youth and they will tell their leaders, no, enough of this. We do not want to be taught what is not in biblical times and biblical words. The emergent church lies that teaches the Bible is evolving. They teach that Jesus is not against homosexuality and other sins condemned in scriptures because scripture is evolving. With this heresy, a person does not need a pastor anymore. They need a psychologist or evolutionist because they say the same thing. We're in heresy. Oh, no. This is why Paul was crying. Right. Guard the sheep from the wolves. Right. John? Well, the apostle Paul, God bless him and the message that he gave. When Jesus also came, he said he did not come to remove the law. In other words, the Old Testament teachings still stand. And we need to follow the pattern of the Old Testament because God was a judgmental God. But now when Jesus came, he not only led us to the light to preach the truth. John the Baptist, when he came, his first message was repent. Jesus came and continued with the message, repent. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus says that you are telling me about the Galileans who this, their sacrifices were mixed with, with blood, with Herod. Unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. So God is telling us to repent of all those things that we have been allowing to grow in the church and ministering and administering them. So we have gotten to a level where repentance, and I think, uh, Brother Dr. Henson, this is why God called you to, re to release or to raise a ministry that you refer to as the eagles ministry to cry out for the nations to repent for the nations to lead people and intercessors to cry out for the body of christ because it is lost you know you've you're reading my book the science of judgment right it describes the rise and fall of nations and what's going on in america mm -hmm. in detail right and also we're trying to have eagles saving nations we're trying to get back into the the stadiums and have, again, a mighty outpouring of God coming down like at Pentecost. So people go out of the stadiums. Instead of fear and intimidation, like Peter was, they go out with power and authority 
like Peter did, Mm -hmm. 3,000 were saved. We've got to have truth spoken by Christians once again. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. Closing comments, John? Well, Micah chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Gather the troops for me. Who are the troops? Those are the soldiers of Christ, the soldiers of the cross. And Jesus called us in these end times to step out, to be on the offensive, not to wait for the mess to be done, but to speak out and to speak for Christ and to restore what the people have been missing all this time in the name of wolves in shepherd's clothing. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the warning program, Pastor John Mulinda, Kenya missionary to the United States of America. I want you to order the book, The Science of Judgment. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy. God forgives when people repent. God holds nations responsible for what leaders do. Parental Responsibility. The Feasts of the Lord. Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences. Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings. Example of King Jehoshaphat. Ungodly Alliances. God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2. The Deception of the Theory of Evolution has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution Evolution and Racism Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction Cult Christianity Radical Liberal Politics Section 4, Kings, Dictators and Presidents with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders Qualifications for Godly Leadership Romans 13, Delegated Authority Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus If laws violate conscience, we must disobey Finally, Part 5, So What Must We Do? These chapters are listed as We are in a cultural war Our responsibility to a hostile government The Christian's Science of Judgment With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations As Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes One must read The Science of Judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. Shalom.